Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's up, Spokes? How are you? Good. I'm great. How are you? Do you want something that's funny? We are on the same wavelength because you have braids. My hair is braided. This shit, we're not wearing caps and we're both wearing black still. Dude, that's nuts. We didn't even plan that shit, guys. We We never planned that shit. We can't, right? Like, we can't plan this shit. We are just that in sync with one another. Like, it's just, it's wild. It's kind of (laughs) creepy. Yeah, like, we record this shit like early in the morning, y'all. So, like, we don't even, we barely even talk if we do before this. So, yeah, no, Mm -hmm. dude. It's just meant to be where we are not here for it. I mean, our names are the same. Like, so that's what, like, maybe the universe just knew that we were going I think to so. intermingle and they're going to be like, all right, they both got to be named Ashley. That's it. That's right. What's your middle name? Brianna. Brianna. That's right. Cause yeah. Cause you'd be your Instagram. Yeah. So at least our middle name is different. Cause mine's Nicole with an H. Nicole with an H. Yeah. No, my, actually my first name was going to be, be Brianna, but my mom was like, no. <laughs> My mom's like, fuck that. Give me yeah. a middle name. Yeah, she's like, I'll compromise. But yeah, no, that was a that was a big no. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. No, I'm doing really well. Like had having some like sales calls and discovery calls with new potential athletes. So that's always exciting. And you know, it's like 70 degrees mm. out. I know it's probably like what cold and snowy still in Ohio. So yesterday it was pretty nice. It was like, it got up to like 40 and I ended up going to the zoo. There's a zoo by me. Um, so that was fun. And, um, like on Mondays it's like free for, um, my County. If you're a resident of the County, you can go for free, but anyways. And then today I woke up and I was letting my dogs out and there's like snow on my deck. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, I thought we were on the upswing here, but Apparently not. Cause I was actually just thinking the other day, I was like, damn it. My snowplow guy needs to come and pick up his sticks along my driveway because winter's over. I'm convinced it's over. And then today it, it's fucking shoves it in my face and snows. I was like, all right, cool. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Gross. So I'm not happy. Fuck snow. Hell no. Hell no. I hate the snow. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. But my family's here. So I stay here. I feel that. And I'm trying to go back. So what does that say about me? Cause my family's there too. Right. Oh, those darn families. <laughs> Damn family. Damn it, guys. Why do you got to be so, why do we got to love you so much? Right. Oh my gosh. What are we talking about today? So we are actually going to dive into what makes us, me and you, the Ash Squad, better athletes, why we are good athletes, why we are successful in bodybuilding, why we're good bikini competitors. Um, now that you figured out you want to be a com- be bikini competitor after all of your mumbo jumbo back and forth, but nonetheless, a competitor is a competitor, but we're talking about what specifically, what traits that we have that make us, you know, good for this sport and, you know, make it kind of easier in our lifestyle to be able to a- obtain all of this as well as be better athletes for, um, our coaches, as well as, you know, show them or show our athletes that, you know, being a good role model for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the traits that we have for our, like for our coaching experience are the same traits that, and the same qualities that we expect our athletes to, to have and to develop when working with us, because obviously like our whole thing is to lead by example. And it's like, 
you know, it's not, I hate the thing. It's like, oh, well, do as I say, not as I do. Like, no, like I, if I follow someone, it's because I align with them because I align with how they do things. And I want to, again, like just respect myself enough to do the things that align with my goal and not to be a hypocrite because, you know, athletes smell hypocrisy. They honestly do. Like maybe not at first, maybe at first you do such a good job, like lying about what you currently do. But at the end of the day, like they'll see you, they'll eventually see through you and they'll move on. And so that's why we both lead by example, because that's what we expect out of ourselves. And we expect the same from our athletes, but why are we better athletes? Like, what are these traits that we kind of keep talking about? And the first one is organized, right? Like we are organized with our schedules and our time. And this doesn't just happen accidentally. It takes time to get better at this. It takes time to develop these organizational skills and essentially compartmentalize with your schedule when it comes to prepping your meals, eating your meals, going to the gym, doing client check-ins, being a person, doing hobbies, spending time with our significant others, our friends. Like we are the same as you guys when it comes to what we have to juggle, what is on our plate, but it takes time to plan out and to become organized. And it takes, you know, a careful eye with time management because we, you know, there's saying we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we all have 24 hours. Are they the same? Yes and no. I can definitely see an argument where if you're like a mom and a dad where you have especially little kids, like your 24 hours are going to look different than my 24 hours, but we still have the same 24 hours as long as we woke the fuck up the next day. You know what I'm saying? So it's making sure that you're organized and prioritizing what is important to you. Um, There's a great tool called like the Eisenhower matrix that I kind of really like when it comes to time management. And essentially it's going off of a four quadrant type of deal where it's like, if an item is, you know, urgent, then that's something that you need to get done versus important. If it's urgent and important, it needs to get done that day. If it's urgent, that means it needs to have some type of time restriction, but it might not be important quite yet. You might not need to do it like today. So that goes its own little house. If it's not urgent and, but it's important, then it's one of those things that you need to plan for in the future to make sure it gets on your schedule to get done. And if it's not urgent and it's not important, you probably don't need to be doing it. (laughs) So it's having that real honest conversation with yourself about how you are spending your time and also how you're spending your money. That can also be a great thing for financial advisement as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So like, other than that tool that you use, like, what do you specifically do to like manage your time and like get organized for the week? I know for me personally, like I will first and foremost, kind of see, look at the week as a whole. Like, so for me, I check in with my coach on Tuesday. So for me, in my mind, my week starts on Tuesday. That is a new week for me. I don't start Sunday to Sunday for me personally. It's Tuesday to Tuesday. That's just how I've always been. Um, and my check-ins have been on Tuesdays for four or five years now. And, um, So I will look ahead from Tuesday to Tuesday and see what I have going on. What does my work schedule look like? Do I have any nursing shifts? Like what essentially like what you said, like what are my priorities? So it's going to be obviously like essentially like work because we need, we need money as well. So like, where does that fall in? And then, you know, especially with, um, 
having like client check-ins or working for somebody else. If you're, you know, in a hospital setting or have a manager, like you have to show up on those days, right? One, two, my next thing that I plug in is my training. So I only train four days a week and I try and keep them relatively on the same day. Like I'm very, very habit forming. So like when I pick up nurse shifts, they're typically on the same days of the week, um, client check-ins on the same days of the week, every single week. So then my training, I try and, you know, put it on the same days. So like Wednesdays, I train legs, Thursdays, I train, I have like a push day off Fridays and then Saturday, Sunday, and then I'm off Monday and Tuesday. So like Monday and Tuesday are my rest days. Um, which, like I said, I, I check in on Tuesdays just to make sure if there was any changes, like I'm not checking in and then going and lifting and be like, Hey, like my coach wanted me on a training break, but you know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I plan that. And then I have now recently got into figuring out life and like certain days I do chores on and grocery shopping, but having this organization is what sets me up for success. Like, you know, Tuesdays, I typically grocery shop or order my groceries as well as I do my meal prep for, for the week, because I get my feedback from my coach. So like all of these things keep me organized and I do them the same week. Granted, there are going to be weeks like where we go on vacation or where Mm -hmm. things are a little bit disruptive. Like, you know, you have a lot of consult calls this week. So I'm sure some of your time changing has probably been a little bit different this week, whether, cause you know, you're, you're, communicating with someone else, like, Hey, like what time can you get on a call versus what time can I get on a call? So you might have to shift some things around, but back to like, my original question is like, for you, I know something that you've been doing that you verbalize is you do, um, like block time. So explain what that is. How is that helping you stay organized and planning ahead and, and getting your, your things checked off your list? Yeah. So I essentially like go through every day and see how it changes. Really the only thing that changes in my day to day is whether or not I'm training So on days that I don't train, I will fill with client calls or content creation or, you know, my deep dives and stuff like that. Or it's when I'd be, you know, adult Ash, when I'm wearing my other hat, when it comes to like cleaning the house, going grocery shopping, um, I have to mow my lawn. So like that gets pushed on like a Saturday or a Sunday. So it's like my rest days, I am doing more things that I need to do to be a responsible adult. But on my training days, especially leg days, I do try to trim down like all the things that I have to do both physically and mentally, because my leg days are so mentally taxing to my central nervous system where I get, I can become too overstimulated and not be able to focus and not give all the effort that I ideally want to give on those days. And so I try to, you know, plan out and block out my schedule strategically so I can still make sure I fill up my cup first. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I'm scheduling lives with people or phone calls with people, I try to make sure that it's in during like my, my in-between hours. So that way I'm not like doing client check-ins or looking at client videos. It's like, I have specific times that I do these things, which helps me to not always be on my phone because I think you and I can agree that if you're constantly on your phone, especially constantly on Instagram, you kind of like you know, a piece of you dies inside because it's just oh. like, it's so much. It's just too much. In. You get sucked in and you're lost. Yeah. It's hard exactly. to get out. Yeah, exactly. I think of like, you ever see Hercules, you know, when like, yeah. like falling, her soul's falling in there and all those hands are like grabbing her and whatnot. Like that's what Instagram is like. Like you just get yeah. sucked in and like, you need Hercules to come fucking save you. But sometimes they're just so deep down. You're like, shit, shit. No, for sure. Exactly. So then, and then plus like, you're just wasting time too. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a time waster. So like, it's making sure that I schedule in time to scroll because I do think engagement with, you know, friends, family, potential athletes, current athletes is important, but not at the extent of your mental health. And then also making sure that I schedule downtime. So mm-hmm. like, for example, on Wednesdays, um, 
I mean, even back, back it up a little bit, like Eric and I were doing our finances. We were like, wow, we're kind of spending a little bit more money. Like, are we just wasting it or is it an investment? And we were like, oh yeah, we're kind of eating out more um, because it's nicer and we want to be outside and go out to a restaurant and like sit outside or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, let's stop that. And let's do that once a week. That way it's much more special and I can take my free meal and be a person. But the other day that we would normally do that, why don't we go to Walmart and I'll make you cupcakes and we'll play Scrabble. So Wednesday night after my live at 6 p.m. is no phones, no TV. We play Scrabble, he eats cupcakes and I kick his ass, right? So it's just nice to reconnect and do that thing and be a person. But it honestly just comes down to being honest with how you're spending your time because people always like are quick to be like, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And it's like, motherfucker, show me your screen time. Show mm-hmm. me your screen time on your phone because it'll lay out nice and neatly if you're being productive or if you're being like a shit bird and fucking off. So it's like you will prioritize what is important to you. So whatever, like be honest with your priorities. Like there are some things that you cannot negotiate, right? Like dropping kids off, doing parent things, being a homeowner, whatever. But also make sure you include yourself and your personal goals, your bodybuilding goals, your physique goals, because if that's important to you, you need to get those done. But you also just need to find out a way to get that done. And that's why communicating with your coach is important. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree. Like, yeah, that organization comes down to essentially priorities and I'm just going to put in a little tidbit about nursing. And it's the same thing that you kind of related to, you know, like what's urgent, what's important and and whatnot is, is rating your shit like one to five, like what's the most important one, two, three, four, and five. And like, honestly, I will do that shit. Like when I make a list of all the things I need to do, um, I will rate it. And sometimes like if I don't get to four and five, it's not the end of the world. Like you can put it on a different day. Right. But make sure you're checking those things off. And for me and you, and for athletes, like taking care of ourselves, whether it's meal prepping, um, having that organization, um, getting our training sessions in our water, all of those things, like Mm -hmm. that is a top priority on our list. Um, but to dive into our next topic, um, being, coachable. Like what makes us a better athlete is being coachable. This is probably one of my favorite ones on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does that mean to you, Ash, like being coachable? Like I just, I get so, I don't want to say frustrated, but definitely fired up and a little jaded when it's like you come to someone with a problem and they tell you how you can fix it and give you different options to fix it. And you take that feedback and you just throw it in the trash because I don't want to do that. I don't want to change. Mm-hmm. So if you are coachable, you are willing to change. You're willing to be malleable, to be molded, mm-hmm. right? Like you cannot expect this, like a different result out of the same actions that got you sick or got you to where you are in your physique goal, right? Mm-hmm. So being coachable is being adaptable. It's willing to set aside your ego admit that you're doing things either completely wrong or maybe not in the way that serves you best and serves, you know, your end goal. And it's being able to take feedback and criticism. And again, not let it attack your ego, but know that you are receiving this because you want to get better because you came to this person with a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, it just, it flabbergasts me when people are like, Oh, my coach ripped apart my training video. Good. They're not taking your money then. They're telling you how to level up. Like there are so many shitbirds when it comes to coaching that will just take your money and say, good job, girl, proud of you. And you have not been on your bullshit. Mm-hmm. If you want a yes woman as your coach, fine. 
Like that's fine. Like that's how you want to live your life. Fine. Do that. But know that you're probably not getting better like you could be versus hiring someone who takes their job as a leader seriously and will be honest with you if you are not on your shit mm-hmm. or like, you know, who will praise you for doing a good job. Like, I think that's important. I'm not saying you shouldn't like receive positive, you know, acclamation and affirmation from your coach, but only when you are doing a good job, I'm not going to tell an athlete good job when they gave 75% effort, when I know they could have given 90, right. Mm -hmm. If they were like, Oh, it's just an off week. I wasn't really feeling it. Okay. It's like, well, why weren't you feeling it? We'll have that discussion. So that way we can, you know, avoid that in the future. But also it's like, but also like, remember why you're here. Like if you want to step on stage, you want to be the higher level athlete. You need to show up for yourself. Like you're not wasting my time, you're wasting yours. And it's like getting them to realize that sometimes they're holding themselves back is a huge, huge reflection because you have to make sure that you own your actions, right? You have to accept and take ownership and have that accountability with your coach because at the end of the day, you are responsible for those actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think about my own experience a lot with with being coachable compared to, the coach I'm at with now versus the coaches I have been with in the past. And I have done a complete 180 to the way I, I do everything essentially. Um, and that all comes from being coachable. Like when I came to my coach now, like I was training six days a week and you know, that butts had a lot of people when they're like, Hey, like my coach is dropping me down to four days. A lot of people are like, no, like I need these six days. Like, but being coachable means like, Hey, like I'm going to accept that feedback. I'm going to be like, okay. Like, you know, what's best for me. And if you think four days is best for me, then four days is going to be best for me. Right. For my training, for my recovery, for me specifically with having, you know, Hashimoto's at that time. And cause I was deep into my shit, um, with that one was unmanaged. Yeah. Like deep, clearly deep in my shit. I had got issues too. So like that didn't help. Um, but yeah. And I think too, the being coachable starts before you even hire a coach, in my opinion, you know, I see this a lot. I see a lot of people. I've even had clients that have returned to me because the first time, the first few months we've worked together, they were not coachable. They were not accepting to it. They were not in that mental spot. Like, okay, Hey, yeah. Like I want to change myself. Like, Oh, I see you're producing results with your athletes. Um, I want to get on that board, but I'm not in a spot actually to ready and be ready to have a coach to you know, be Mm -hmm. able to take feedback, to accept that criticism. And that's when you see them fall off, they quit. And then, you know, essentially they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, hey, like, I I actually think I'm ready. Like it's a different type of mindset. And then I see so much more progress. They're willing to take Mm -hmm. that feedback. They're willing to, you know, get on top of what they need to get on top of, you know, and really put their best foot forward. And it's the world of a difference because, you know, and, you know, it's not like me and you talk to our athletes and, you know, we'll be like, Hey, like your training video is sucky. You're a piece of shit. Like, what do you think is, is right about that? Why would you even do that? No, like we give, you know, like, Hey, like I, when I review videos, I'm like, okay, Hey, like, you know, glad you made it to the gym. Glad you're trying this. Glad you took a video because taking videos can be very, very daunting for some people. It's uncomfortable, especially if it's like their first ones, like me and you, we don't really give a shit because we've been doing it for quite some time. But, um, you know, so I always, am just like, Hey, like give them a little bit praise on there, but I'm like, Hey, like what we're doing here is not essentially what we're a supposed to be doing, B going to, you know, progress you in any type of way and see to help you. So I'm going to help you. Right. Um, but you know, some people, when, when that 
they have that mindset of like, Hey, like I want you to get me those results that you got that person, but I'm not willing to change myself. Like that's when you start butting heads. That's when they, they become essentially a failure to the process. Um, so having that, that skill to be, to be coachable and accept that feedback. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is difficult. I remember specifically one time I was, I had a check-in and I was, um, talking to my coach about something and I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling better. I think I'm going to pick up some more shifts at work. Um, I also, oh, I was right when I started spray tanning, I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting a third job as like spray tanning. Cause I was coaching and nursing and I cried after this check-in, but it made the, it, I, I needed it. And he was, he was literally like, what the fuck is going through your mind? Like you are in a good spot. Like we're putting the fire out and you want to walk up to it and throw gasoline on it. Like you're going to ruin your efforts here. And I was just like, why I'm getting like another job. I think this is great for me. Like I feel better. And at that moment it was like, actually like, no. And like, I was very like happy to be like, oh, Hey, like, you know, I, um, you know, I'm proud of myself essentially, because in my mind, I was like working away from nursing. I was getting this other job rather than just leaving nursing as a whole and moving forward, right. you know, the other two. So like, I needed that, that feedback granted it kind of hurt at the time, but like, I was like, okay, you're right. And then what did I do the next week? I went in and I told my nursing job that I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, these, those conversations can definitely be difficult. Um, cause again, like, you know, you have good intentions and you're thinking one way when in reality, it's like, you need the other side of the coin. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, again, being honest and having that respect for yourself and having that respect for the athlete. It's like, listen, like you're coming to me with this, this thing and I can see it a bit more, you know, objectively than you can, because you're going to be much more emotional. Whereas I can be much more logical, which is like a big benefit of a coach. But, you know, we have all of these questions of things that a person should consider before hiring a coach. And even, I know I've put out a couple of stories about like things you could consider, should consider before hiring a coach, like questions you should ask yourself, ask them, vice versa, to see if you guys would be a good fit. But honestly, I re- I don't want to say I redact it, but here's a foolproof question. It's only one question. It's a no good, no, it's a no go, no, or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? No, it's like a, I forget what the phrase is, but it's like a go, no, go. That's it. The go, no, go. When you spend $300 a month on a coach, are you going to do what they say? Mm. That is the question. And if it is not a resounding fuck, yes, you have your answer. Like you're either going to do it or you're not. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it, do it to the fullest of your ability, the fullest extent. And if you're not, save your money, put it towards something else. Right. And that is very harsh. It is very real that at the end of the day, you either want this or you do not. And it is that black and white. No, no big baby toe in the water to test it. You either jump in or you just stay out of the water. I know I've had people that are like paying me before and they're not, and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And like, I feel bad for some reason, you know, I'm just like, Oh man, like, I don't want to take your money, but like, and I'm always like, Hey, like, what are we doing here? What are we mm-hmm. doing here? Like, what do you want from me? Like what? Cause I, I feel not like I feel inadequate, but I'm just like, Hey, like, let's get on the same page. Like what is, yeah. what do we need to be doing here? But mm-hmm. that, that, that's just a little, little tidbit, but yeah, it makes sense. You know, if you're not 100% committed and willing to 
you know, and it's not so much, I mean, it is black and white when it comes to that point, but it's not black and white when it comes to coaching, which this is like another topic in itself. It's not like, Hey, I'm just going to be like a minion and follow everything my coach says. Like, obviously it's a partnership. Right. But that's besides yep. the point. So exactly. You work together as a team. You definitely do. You definitely do. Um, something else that makes us better is passion, right? Like it gets to the point where we can tie kind of passion and experience together because it shifts, right? Like the more passion you have for the sport, the less experience you have, right? And as you get more experience, you have less passion. Hear me out with this. Hear me out with this. When you first become a bodybuilder, you've decided that you want to compete, whether it's your first show, building phase, whatever, you won't will do anything, right? Like you were infatuated with bodybuilding. You are loving bodybuilding. You've decided to go all in. It's exciting. It's fresh, much like a new relationship. But then when you start getting into the weeds of things and it's the same thing day in and day out, maybe, you know, you do compete and now it's post-show and you're like, what am I doing? Like, I'm no longer really lean. The off season is never ending. Like when's my next show? You start to lose a little bit of love for it. It's less exciting. You, you know, you start skipping check-ins or you start like not taking your training as seriously. You kind of fall out of touch with it. Right. But as you gain more experience in the sport, when you become a mature athlete, you understand that bodybuilding is a relationship of sorts. It's, you are no longer like infatuated with it, but you love it. You love it because you continue to do it and you show up for yourself. So it's no longer these like butterfly bubbly gut feelings that you first had. It is the pure passion and the love and desire that you want to build much like in a relationship or you want a strong foundation with your significant other, with your marriage, you develop that with yourself and bodybuilding where you realize this is what it takes to achieve your goal and to win. It's having that strong emotional connection within that is still a form of passion, but it's a much more mature form where it is a love, a desire to, to, and a joy to show up for yourself. So it's not this, like I said, giddy feeling. It's like, no, I love this for what it's worth and what it is. And you've gone fully all in and fully embraced yourself as an athlete. Yeah, no, I think you did like a really good job of kind of bringing in like the relationship comparison to it. Like, you know, when you first start off, it is like that honeymoon phase. It is exciting. Mm -hmm. Like I think back to my first prep, I literally signed up with my coach and started prep like that fucking day. Like there was no, I mean, that's a whole nother topic on its own, but there was like no building phase, no nothing. I sent over pictures and it was like, okay, yeah. here, like, here's a show. Um, in like, I think my first prep was like 26 weeks or something like that. Um, and we're just going to get to work. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I like barely knew how to track macros at that time. So it was a lot of like learning on the fly, um, which I don't recommend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was like really in that honeymoon phase and I was willing to do whatever it, it took. Like I did not care. I was like, okay, like this is it. And then, you know, the same thing is when you're in a relationship, you get that honeymoon phase and then you're kind of like lines blur in the relationship and you're like, wow, like I, you know, I thought I had boundaries, but then when I met this person, I like didn't. And then like, you know, mm -hmm. as time goes on and you realize like, Hey, like 
this is not just like a new fling. It's like my significant other. I plan to grow old and spend life with them. Like that's exactly how bodybuilding is. You know, you learn to, to realize like, you're not going to be on stage all the time. You're going to have longer off seasons. You're going to have health phases. And, you know, like, even though me and you still have that passion, still want to do this. Like we know that like, you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that like, we're not completely like obsessive and in that honeymoon phase and willing to do like whatever it takes. I mean, yes, we're willing to do a lot, but we also understand now that like we have lives, like we're adults, like there are other things that go on that are not 100% bodybuilding to a T day in and day out. Right. Like, you know, yeah. you boundaries, you play freaking Scrabble and things like that. And for me, when I first started, like there, if it wasn't bodybuilding related, like I didn't give a fuck about it. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. want to talk about anything else. Like I didn't want to have conversations with people. I didn't want to surround myself that weren't into bodybuilding mentally that took a toll on me. Right. But I do think you still have to have it like a lot of passion because if your heart is not in it, if you don't have that emotional connection, and a lot of people say like bodybuilding is, um, emotionless, like you shouldn't have your feelings in it, but I disagree with that because I feel like you still have to have some type of emotional connection to that goal, to that win, to, to that desire. Um, otherwise what are you doing? You know, it's kind of, I mean, what, I feel like there's no purpose at that point. Right. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. brought up experience and that, and that what's, they kind of go hand in hand together, but I will say to kind of scale it back a little bit, on, you know, specifically why experience makes us better athletes is because we've been doing this for a long time. And let's just give like a really basic example. Like I'm sure for you, like when it comes to to tracking food or like the way we get our cardio in or the way that we lift, like all with experience, it gets better. So essentially it makes us better athletes. Like we know how to train hard. We don't need all that constant feedback. Like I should you not, like I can probably, not weigh any of my food out, not plug it into my fitness pal. If I ate the same things, like I can look at the plate, know exactly how many carbs and calories and things are on these because of my experience, because of doing it for so long. So this essentially, in my opinion, like makes us a little bit of a better athlete, but this comes with time, you know, and like, you know, that comes with experience, same with posing, same with, you know, any of those things. And, you know, you, you're not going to show up on your first show day and, you know, be this amazing top tier pro athlete, Olympia poser, like you're, and you're not even going to look like that. I'm sorry, but you're not. And if you do, you're the great white Buffalo. So that is great. But you know, that's what I mean when, when I think of why experience makes us better athletes is because we've taken the time and consistently done the same things over and over and allowed like our, you know, our own personal experiences through this sport change us and make us grow and, you know, essentially become the very best that we can. And that's, that's, I mean, anything, anything with experience, you know, anytime you do something over and over, you become better at it. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like, it's like anything in life. You, you do it until it makes sense and you're, you're good at it. You know, whether or not you're the top is based on so many different things, but rather than comparing yourself to others, it's like, just be the best you can be and show up for yourself every single day and put in those reps, gain that experience. And remember that bodybuilding like is about longevity in the sport. That's how you are going to adapt your physique and grow that muscle. It's not going to happen overnight and you can't always be lean or else you're never going to really, (laughs) really like change your physique that much, you know? So don't be like a stage hoe and always be on stage because you're just not going to progress and build up your body like bodybuilding, you know, to be, you know, the best athlete that you can be and experience just takes time. It takes time, you know, 
to be experienced. Like there's no way around that. Um, and then really a, a final trait to have and possess is commitment. And not even just commitment to bodybuilding, it's commitment to yourself. It's commitment to the people in your life. It's commitment to just being a person and being a better person and just literally commitment in everything that you do. Because people don't really know what it means to commit, especially like oh. our generation. Oh, because 100%. I mean, you, you have no idea. And the thing is like, for me, like commitment is like, you set a goal and you are committed to get there. So whatever steps it takes to get to that goal, like those are things that you are going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, our generation, like it is so easy to, you know, just be like, Oh, it's okay. It's fine. Like, you know, this is hard. You don't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? And we lose that commitment. It's like, because we have so many other options, so many other avenues, like we can go yep. down. Yeah. I mean, the lack of commitment is really just overwhelming. And I think a lot of it has to do with like ease of accessibility to one another with like just social media and like texting and stuff, because like, you know, it's so easy to just like cheapen a conversation nowadays, not even say good morning, not even say good night, like whatever. And then on top of that, you have like, because you have so many different options, it's easy just not to commit and be like, oh, it's okay. I'll just do something else instead and kind of give up on yourself or shit. Even like RSVPing, it pisses me the fuck off when people Mm. don't RSVP and I ask, and it pisses me off when people don't show up on time. It's like one of those pet peeves. It's like, if I tell you dinner's at five, that means like your five course meal that I have slaved over is going to be plated up pretty on the kitchen table at 5 PM, not 5.30, not 5.15, five o'clock. And so it's like the lack of commitment is very alarming. And also the lack of urgency is very alarming, which also like ties into passion. Like if it's important to you, if you're passionate about it, you will commit to it and it is important to you. And it shouldn't, you should be developing and showing some level of urgency to getting it done. Now don't take that and be like, oh, that means I'll be getting there quicker. That's mm. not a measure of time, right? It's a measure of how much you want it. And that at the end of the day, it's like the things that you need to be a better athlete and some of the traits that we have to be a better athlete, because it is important to us. It is aligns with us. We prioritize it. Yeah. And essentially like commitment, in my opinion, is going to be like the top of the umbrella here. And then everything else we've talked about falls underneath that, like committed to your goals. Like you got to be organized. Like you have to be coachable. Like you have to, you know, gain experience over time. You have to be passionate about it. So like commitment is like the first step in the direction towards your goals. Like, Hey, like I want to do this. Like, rather than, like you said, like falling short and, you know, you know, it's so funny you bring up like (laughs) being on time. So like, this is so crazy. So like, I was very, very type a, very, very OCD. Um, time would stress me out a ton, a lot. And I've been recently a lot more lax about it. Not saying that I'm not like on time, but I was that person that showed up like 30, 40 minutes ahead of like every single thing. And I like, it would stress me out. I would be considered late, like in my own mind. So like, I actually had to work with my therapist on like being late quote unquote, so to speak, which is actually like five minutes or 10 minutes before, like my shifts at work would start like at at the time I was working at 11, I would be there at like 10, 15 and I live like 30 minutes. So I would leave at nine 45 and sit in the parking lot from like 10, 15 until like 11 or 10, 40, 45. And I would go into the building 15 or 20 minutes before my shift and just like stand around and just like wait, because I needed to be that early. Isn't that 
Yeah. Dang. So I used to be very similar to some extent. I think it's, it's good to be prepared because you never know if there's going to be traffic or a car accident or some shit like that. But like, for me being five, 10 minutes early, maybe even 15, especially if it's like, I've never been to that place before. Mm -hmm. I want to like be acquainted with my surroundings and also just have like a moment of peace in my car. But for me, it's just like having some quiet Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's just nice to like, just have some me time in the car, like listen to a podcast or jam out to you know, some fucking pop punk shit and bring me back to my <laughs> high school <laughs> days. But dang, that is, that is some, that is some next level shit. And I'm glad that like, you're now considered late by five, 10 minutes early, because like, that's good for you just to kind of like loosen your belt a little bit, because you're going to get that mental freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. 100%. Like, that's just, that was just a little, little tidbit that I want to say that like, Hey, like sometimes like, even though we have all of these, these great traits that sometimes they can be overkill as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, that's a great, a great point. It's like, you have, it, I hate saying it's a balance, but it honestly is at the end of the day, it's a balance between all of these things. So, because you don't want to become bodybuilding, that's your only personality, which is very, very common when you're new in the sport is just to be a bodybuilder and not be anything else. And it's quite annoying and it's not good for you in any regard, but at the end of the day, it's like, stick it out, take these traits and start implementing them in your life. And you will be not only a better athlete for yourself, a better athlete for your coach and chances are even just a better person because you're going to be more in line with who you want to become and what you want to achieve. 100% 100% agree. And, and even <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. Uh, even then, like it, it always think too, like, even if it's, you think it's a small step, it's a step in the, in the right direction, as long as it's towards your goals. Um, and it's something you're, you're willing to achieve, you know, being organized, maybe planning one day out when you're planning zero, like that's a step, yeah. in the right direction, you know? So I don't think I have anything else to, to say other than, you know, these are the same traits that you and I both look for when we're bringing on athletes to, to our team, um, because we still want to maintain like a positive environment for, for our athletes, for the rest of our team members, and then have a good experience between and relationship between us and, and our athletes, because obviously, you know, you want that to be a good fun experience and be able to get them to their goals without having yeah. you know, so much negativity at times. Yeah. Like you should be having fun too. Like that's something that you have to understand is it's not always going to be like unicorn farts and rainbows, but like you should still at the end of the day, be having fun because it's something that you want to do. It's a goal that you want to achieve. And so just think about that. Like, are you having fun? Are you happy doing what you are doing? And if not, what do you need to change to get there until next time guys? Peace. Adios.